welcome everybody to the Magic Beans podcast. We are back again for episode number 21. I'm your host tonight and my name is Shorty and I'm joined by just a couple of beans tonight. There's a few people unable to make it, but we uh, we still have a good crew for you. So on the line we have Chewy. How you going, Chewy? I'm good. We have a crew. I don't know how good we are, but we have a crew. <laughs> there are people that will be talking on the podcast. We we cannot verify how accurate their statements will be. We'll be or using how good their our content words. Be. Yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> we can't guarantee their English though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the other voice you just heard is Cracker. How you going, Cracker? Good, mate. Good. That's the way. And uh, I thought we might have to uh, start off this episode with a happy birthday to you, Cracker. It was yeah. your birthday at the start of this week. It was. Uh, I hope you had a good one. I had a great day. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I no, had, did you get up to anything? Uh, oh, no, mate, no, nothing. No, you, nothing? No, no. Oh, wait, hang on. No, that's right. You and Chewy and Chris Paulson and Stu all rocked around to my place and we played magic for like the whole day. How good was it? How <laughs> good was, was it? the best? <laughs> Seriously, it was probably like, what, 10 hours of magic or something like that? It was, yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was a lot of magic. Basically a, a GP. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what do we do? <laughs> well, like, we, we, we ate we spicy chicken wings. Uh, we oh, yeah, yeah. Pauper Cube. Yeah. My deck was sweet. Um, my deck was not. <laughs> my, my deck was sweet as well. Yeah, it was, it was good. Our, actually, our games, uh, Cracker, were probably two of the three of the best games we played all day. I think it was as far I, as I like so. type magic. It was really good. Um, Shorty was basically a buy, but, you know. It's oh, <laughs> wow. Yep. No. Um, and then what did we do after Pauper Cube? We went into, is that when we played Standard? Yeah, we played some Standard. Mm. Played, played a couple of hours of Standard and then we finished it off with some Commander. Yeah. Chris and I played some Pioneer in there as well. He uh, yeah. just put together the um, Lotus Field Breach deck and mm. was um, giving that a test. And that was, um, every time he untapped with Lotus Field and play, I'm just like, Am I dead? And he's like, I don't know, man. I built it last <laughs> night. I haven't played this before. I've got to make 500 game actions and then maybe you'll be dead. <laughs> well, <laughs> we just I, like, I think we, right, need to, we need to make a public service announcement because every time Chris builds a Pioneer deck, something gets banned. <laughs> so, <laughs> that is if true. you've got Lotus Breach built, my recommendation is to sell out now because, uh, yeah, it's, it's probably going to get banned at the next announcement. No. It should yeah. be fine. Yep. So, yeah, that was, a, that was a good day. So, that was a, yeah, was a good start fun. to the week for us. And, yeah, again, happy birthday to you, Cracker. And I'd, I'd you. also like to take this time to say happy birthday to my wife, whose birthday it was yesterday. Which happy birthday, Cat. May, may or may not be the reason why we're recording a day late, but we won't, we won't talk about that. Well, happy birthday, Cat, <laughs> And thank you to Joel's wife, Amelia, for A, putting up mm. with us uh, for like 10 hours at her house. Um, but, yeah, those, those chicken wings and spring rolls, um, hard to beat. So, you're a rock star. Yes. Thanks, Amelia. Good day. We'll lock it in again for next year. Sounds good. Yep. Yeah. All right. So, we have a busy, action-packed episode again for you guys tonight, as we usually do. Uh, we've had, uh, in the last couple of weeks, yeah, f- a few things going on. And as we seem to mention this every single podcast, there's new products that have been either announced or being released. So Ta-da. <laughs> I can't keep up. Honestly, I just cannot keep up. Neither can I. And, uh, I mean... The good thing is that not every one of these products is for us. They're, they're things that it's like, oh, no, I have to spend more money on this stuff because I can't live without it. A, a lot of it is- <laughs> Hi, Chris. Things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Th- thankfully, they're, they're releasing products that are for the wider magic community and, and sort of- 
uh, targeted at different audiences, I think. So, yeah, there uh, there's a lot of new products, but it's it's pretty wide and, and you're not being forced into buying every single thing just to sort of keep up with what's going on. So, the first product, which basically came out of the blue, is, is a product called Jumpstart. Have either of you guys had a bit of a look at that? That's an is-it mechanic where you can exile the card it, from your graveyard. It is and- an is-it mechanic, yes. Yeah, I yeah. really like that. I thought that was a really good version of the, Flashback, the actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so did I, actually. <laughs> Just as an aside. Uh, <laughs> I, did, I did look at the products. You see, I thought I'd get in there. Oh, no, I actually started it. Never yeah, mind. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yes, I have had a look at the, the product, Shorty. Uh, cool. Would, would you like to tell us what the product is, Cracker? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's magic cards, believe it or not. Of course. <laughs> they're, they're selling them in little packets and they're pieces of cardboard. Uh, and basically, they're themed boosters with 20 cards in them, so more than your regular 15-card booster. Um, and they will have a theme, so a theme like goblins or cats or vampires or something. And Pirates, these are unicorns. Yeah, there's, there's a whole stack of them. So, there's um, 500 reprints and... Oh, I forget exactly how many new cards, but there's a whole lot of new cards that are being printed into this as well. And the idea is that you can, the idea is you take two of these 20 card boosters, shuffle them together, and you have a deck and you battle against someone who's done the same thing. Do they include lands in the booster or you have to add lands like backwards? I don't know. And that's, that's actually something that I've been I was wondering to that hear. too. I couldn't yeah, see anything in the announcement because I'm like, I don't know what colours to add because if you do it completely blind, one of the ways they suggest to do it is just like open packs, don't look, shuffle and go. I'm like, but yeah, how, yeah, how do so you play? That's that's one thing that I sort of wanted to mention on this is they've, they've said in like in their statement, it's literally, yep, just shuffle two packs together and away you go but they've also said it's a new way to play magic so i'm wondering if it's a obviously it's aimed mission draft yeah well it's sort of aimed more at casual people and i'm wondering if it's like hearthstone style and if either of you guys have played hearthstone but when hearthstone you get one extra mana per turn basically so turn one you have one mana and it's just like a counter of one and then turn two you get another one and then turn three you've got three and four and four and so on i think it goes up to maybe nine or something like that and i'm wondering if the it's just going to be like yep this is a super casual format so your mana is just going to increase but you're not going to have to worry about color requirements and things like that just to make it a super quick casual what thing, a cause... great way to introduce kids to the game that's really oh, yeah, yeah. yeah really yeah, cool yeah yeah like it's and and the themes that they they've got are going to be really cool and and yeah you're because your cards that you get or your theme that you get is random, you don't know. It doesn't say on the outside of the booster, this is a goblin theme or this is a cat theme or whatever. You don't know until you've cracked the packs and shuffled them together. So, and if you don't, if you don't look at what you got, then you've got no idea. So, yeah. Could, well, the opening really cool. line on the website is like, goblins and walls, cats and Phyrexians, pirates and unicorns, all together at last, thanks to Jumpstart. Like, <laughs> there's also one that they said Garrick and Doctor. So yeah, the theme they've, of they've they've gone really deep. I mean, like there's a lot of Garrick named creatures. Like there's Garrick's Familiar and Garrick's Beast, and like all these kind of. It makes sense. It's just big green stompy things. But Doctor, I mean, who knows? So would be uh, interesting to see. Um, will these be legacy legal? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, they so are legal yeah. and legacy vintage and commander, like all supplementary products, right? Yep. Interesting. Yeah, okay. so I'm, I'm tipping there'll be some cool. There, obviously, like there's 500 reprints. That's a lot of reprints. So that's going to be. I'm tipping they're going to hit some of those expensive cards that are really high, highly played in Commander. Uh, and then there's going to be new cards. So any anytime you get new cards, there's always something cool that goes into Commander. So. Hang on, are they reprinting Underground Sea? 
I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say, hell no. And, and <laughs> like, it's still like front an of underground them, ocean. <laughs> yeah, snow underground sea. You, you yeah. can have underground river again, Chewy. <laughs> yeah. You take a pain every time you tap. Sure, you'd have a whiteboarded one for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know, um, Shorty play Shorty's favorite color combination is is it? Speaking of jumpstart, sorry, Chewy chan- tangent time, and playing. The blue-red colour combination generally leads to playing some number of Shivan Reefs and all the shorties are white-boarded and they're offensive to the eye. They are fantastic and it tilts Chris <laughs> so hard and he couldn't find one. <laughs> to be honest, most, most of my pain lands are, Shivan, uh, are white-boarded. For some reason, I just have all white-boarded ones. It got so, so bad at, at Cracker's birthday when we were playing Commander. It was completely the incorrect play, but I wastelanded the Shivan Reef just because I wanted it off the table. <laughs> he made him put it three cards into the graveyard as well, so he couldn't yep, see it at all. Just hide it from me. The benefit of a 100-card deck is the angle I was on, I couldn't see that card, and it was gone from my view. It was good. Good anyway, so, so there's there's 37 <laughs> new cards I just found in the announcement, um, but there's a couple of other things. So apparently there are rarities with inside the um, types as well. So like Garruk might be like a mythic um, drop rate as opposed to like cats or goblins, which will be, um, you know, pretty common. So there'll be a lot that you'll get all the time. And then there'll be these ones that are, so there are mythics. And then in every three packs, there's uh, an extra rare as well. So it will be interesting to see in those mythic drops what they put in them and kind of how good they are. Because, you know, there's people speculating, are we going to get like the next true name nemesis or, mm. you know, that kind of super powerful effect that sees play in legacy and those kinds of things, which come across from Commander. So, will be interesting to see. Um, hey, I when, don't know. Yeah, let's, let's lock it in. When, when the next PT is on, let's yep. like get a box of this and like go to someone's house, watch the PT and just draft this all day. Sure. It sounds I mean, so it, fun. I mean, it's it's kind of like mini masters, right? Which is yeah, something that yeah. we quite often do when when one of us gets a box, we'll just sit down and crack packs, add two of each basic, and just play and them. Counter your up. goblin chain whirler. Yes, oh, yes. So yes. good. Any, <laughs> yeah. Anytime I mention mini masters, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it, it it feels like that kind of thing. So I'll be interested to see. I'm interested to give it a go if we get the chance. Yeah, I'm um, I'm sure. At least one of us will buy a box of it. <laughs> yeah, one, one say, magic bean will, yes. I won't say who will be the mo- person most likely to buy it, but guarantee you somebody will buy one. Well, somebody uh, might the other buy a in- case that we buy a box yeah, from at a discount yeah. rate, yeah. So, it's it's uh, getting released on July the 3rd, so it's still a few months away, and I'm assuming that we'll get previews for the cards and things like that as well, but they're, they're actually doing a pre-release event for it. So, that's uh, June 20th to 21st, so... We might have to lock that in and, and go and do the pre-release because well, I'm that's tipping it's going to be pretty fun. Well, that's the week before Mm. Yeah. So oh, interesting. It, they're, they're dropping things super close to each other. Ikoria being the next um, major expansion that is being released. Yeah, but yeah. I, what I picture is taking, you know, our eldests and going and playing with them at this pre-release event. And then, yeah. um, then we <laughs> can have- a giant. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Oh, <laughs> let's lock it in. That'd be sweet. That'd be a really fun event. <laughs> All right, so another new product that uh, that got announced is the Challenger decks. So this is something they did 
last year, I believe. And yep. I think that, I think they used to do them a little while ago and they stopped for a while. But last year they released some that were actually really quite good. Uh, and I know I actually picked up the set of them, set of the four decks. But basically they're a set of four decks or there's the four pre-constructed decks that are based on current tier one or, or tier, tier two to tier one standard decks. Uh, with the idea being that you can literally buy these decks, they're 60 cards, you crack it open, you sleeve it up, and you can take it to your local store, play Friday Night Magic, and actually be competitive. And the ones they did last year were actually really good. And I know, Chewie, you, like you were saying before the cast, you basically bought the red deck. Yeah, and, yeah. And took it to a, <laughs> to a PTQ. So I got the... Because they came, they came with sideboards as well, right? And I think I changed maybe 10 of the 75 cards... Um, and I changed the mountains to full art mountains. That was probably the biggest change that I made. Um, (laughs) (laughs) that definitely increases your, your playability. Yeah. My win rate went up. Um, so I got, I got one of these decks and I changed literally 10 cards out of 75 rocked up at a PTQ and went five, three. So like a winning record, uh, had a great day. The deck felt really good playing one of these decks pretty much straight out of the box. So if they're anything like that, then these are an amazing product. Like they pay for themselves in uh, in the, the lands that you get. The mono red deck, not so much, but um, the dual deck, uh, the dual colored ones you get, uh, well, you got in the previous version, a, um, a dual land and a couple of chase rares. And they were really competitive, like, properly built decks like this product is perfect for someone who wants to take that leap from your casual kitchen player or someone who plays kitchen table player or someone who plays arena to actually rocking up scott to your local game store (laughs) and and playing in an event like they're perfect they're a, a really really good product and they've had you know theme decks and um uh Dual decks, planeswalker decks. Yeah, and things like that. And they're aimed at the kitchen table player. But this is for somebody who wants to dip their toe into the competitive scene at at FNM. Yeah, which is the perfect place to start. Get to your local game store, support your LGS, and um, and play some games. And they're affordable. They're great value for money. They're competitive straight out of the box. They're awesome. This um, this iteration's got some really good stuff. So the mono red deck is Scott. It's got caval- um, Cavalcade of Calamities and things like that, now, but it's also got uh, Embercleave. And if you look at like any of the tier deck lists that you can find on like MTG Goldfish or, or like Arena deck lists or anything like that, they are like within probably a couple of Mythics and a f- couple of rares of like just number one, you know, top mono red list. Yeah. Um, like this- get, like the, the red deck has four Fervent Champion, yeah. four Steamkin, four Bonecrusher Giant, four Torbrand, three Chandra... One yeah. Embercleave, like in. three three red castles, like that's so much of that of the current red deck. Yeah, you, you basically it's like buy two two or three more Embercleaves, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, maybe some annexes would be the only yeah. other thing you'd want to yep. grab, and, 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 and away you, you you're go. Basically you've got done. a tier one deck. But when you look and, at it, and you're like a you're, really really good one. <laughs> yeah, and you look at the the archetypes, right? You've got Jeskai Fires. Uh, green black adventures, mono red cavalcade, and blue green flash—all quality decks in the metagame. And what is really great is like these decks. What are they? Um, what are they retailing for? Like forty yeah, to fifty between Australian forty and fifty. So there's no because Wizards took away the recommended retail price. There's no set price, but I've seen them pre-ordering 
for Australian, I think it was like 180 bucks for the set. Yep. Um, for so the set of four. If you go to MTG Goldfish, right, which is US prices, US dollar prices, um, Allied Fires, the, the Jeskai Fires one, $71, uh, $89 for Final Adventure, $103 for Cavalcade Charge, and 100 bucks for Flash of Ferocity. That so, is if you bought all the cards individually. Individually, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's that's so that's a really good indication of the value for money that you're getting. It's mm. like, if yeah, it's, that's like, that's it's actually awesome. their current price. So like this, uh, that article uh, was written you know, nearly two weeks ago now. Mm. And as soon as the deck list get announced, all of those cards come start coming down in price because people know oh, they get, they're going to be in the market a, m- a bit more. So when they were first announced, the value was massive. So, yeah, yeah. Just, just so good. Well, the Simic Flash deck has got either one or two Brazen Borrowers in it and they're like a $25 card. It was like last time with the um, Chandra. Yeah, it's got one, one Brazen Borrower, right, which is- go. What are they worth at the moment? Brazen Borrower is, yeah, 24 bucks US. There you go. Yeah. So, I mean, that in itself pays for most of the value of buying one in Australia. So, yeah. if you're in the market for this kind of thing, sweet products. The, the reason they do them now is that you've got like six months before some of these cards will rotate out. So, they're not going to be like, I can play this for the next two years. But it also gives you a really good fundamental base to build from. And they're all... Well, not all of them, but most of them are like core archetypes that will stick around. There will always be a version of Mono Red. For the last couple of years, there's been versions of like Simic Flash and stuff like that. So, expect to have some some longevity. Plus, you can just keep them to battle against each other because they'll be quite well balanced. Yeah, they're great. I was about to make that point, Joel. You smashed it. The What's amazing about them is you just keep them together. And if you want to, you know, just play Kitchen Table Magic with your mates or teach somebody new to play, you get to show them and you know they get to go frilled mystic's a great card you know <laughs> like this night pack ambush is broken you know what do you mean fires of invention lets me cheat on mana and next minute the person that you're playing with is completely hooked and they're into magic and the way you go mm, and uh, yeah <laughs> hook line and sinker that's right <laughs> exactly so like shorty did to me you get, 16 you get them to subscribe away. to the magic beans podcast and then yeah. they're hooked <laughs> follow us on twitch yeah and then they go ah. Oh. Well, if these are the idiots that talk about this game. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> What's this bloke always going on tangents? Yeah. yeah. So, these will release on the 3rd of April. If you're interested in buying them, yeah, like I said, a lot of stores are doing pre-sales for them. Uh, you can find pre-sales on eBay for them as well. Definitely worthwhile. You know, if, if you're interested in playing standard over the next six months, especially, uh, I would pick up at least one of these, uh, if not grab all of them, because yeah, like like Cracker said, they're they're great just to have and keep together and play against each other. But if you're if you've been thinking about getting into playing in paper, I know we've had a few people contact us and say, oh, you know, where where do I start? You know, I'm I'm looking at getting into playing into paper, or they're um, people who've been playing solely on arena and they want to go and play in paper. This is the perfect place. Uh, you can you can find one of these decks that's pretty close to what you've probably been playing on Arena, or that's a style that you really like or really interests you. Buy that, give it a run for a while, and then you just slowly add. You know, you, you might you might pay forty to fifty bucks for the deck, and then you might spend maybe another twenty, maybe thirty, just uh, doing a, a few small upgrades. And so for under a hundred bucks, you end up with a, a you know a top quality deck that you can take to absolutely any tournament. Um, but they're they're perfectly fine to to play as is, so very good. Um, and yeah, it's like you can sort of see with those two products, 
Wizards are starting to do that really good thing of getting people, all right, here's a here's a really cool new product in Jumpstart that's really good for casual new players to get them hooked in. And then they can go from that and go, oh, I really like this game. Okay, well, I'd like to do more. All right, well, here's Challenger decks where you can buy this deck for super cheap and then go and play in a tournament. So Then next up, Worlds. <laughs> yeah, and that, that leads us on to our next topic. So while we're, while we're talking about Standard, Worlds was uh, the World Championships. Smash that segue. A couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah, but now you drew attention things. to it. Oh. So now it's, you've ruined this world. So we, we mentioned it on the last cast and, uh, yeah, Cracker gave us a bit of a rundown. So do you want to uh, take us through what happened? Uh, yeah, I, I won. You won? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we've got Chris yeah. who won nationals a couple of years ago and then um, Joel Hill Domodorosa. Yeah. Oh, no, no. <laughs> what I mean is I, I won by picking the guy who was going to actually win. Oh, like I, yeah. right. No, sorry. Should have so been so clearer. You, you won a, I, a trophy I, pet. I, I got a trophy arena. pet and and some sleeves. Yep. Right. And when, nice. When you win a game with the trophy pet, it spins around and lights up. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Magic Arena summed up in one sentence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Worlds held in Hawaii. Uh and Wizards threw the kitchen sink at this one. Didn't Ooh, yeah. they? Oh, yeah. They, 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 <laughs> million-dollar prize pool, $300,000 first prize. Well done to PVDDR, who I'd say crushed it, but he crushed it with yeah. his um, Azorius control, his blue-white control deck. Um, I'm not going to do card-by-card card things. He made some really clever choices, and the dude is, I mean, he's the goat in my book. If Sorry, Finkel. If it's possible to get 16 of the best players in the world... And make it look easy. <laughs> like if that's if that's at all possible, that that that's he's gotten really close to that mark, right? Ah, uh, yeah. So there's something to be said about the tournament structure making that uh, advantageous for him. Um, yeah. It was a, it was a double elimination, and it was really heavily weighted to the top bracket. So look, I really appreciate what Wizards were trying to do. It was a little bit confusing. Mostly, I just gave up. And went, hey, there's magic. Sweet, I'm going to watch it. Yes, <laughs> and, <laughs> and so I just went with watching it, and not I, I didn't try and understand too much. But the the idea of the the wizards was that if people were playing, they were live, they could win the whole thing. Now, admittedly, it was much much more difficult for someone like Gabe Nassif, who lost early on and fell to the lower bracket, to win out than Paulo. Um, at one point, Paulo was already in the finals, and Gabe had played ten more matches. Than, than PV had, and to catch up to PV to meet him in the finals was going to have to play a minimum of three more, I think it was, or something like that. So, it was it was really interesting. The, the tournament was great. The coverage was amazing. Um, they did, yet again, a fantastic job by putting everything on Arena. They did a draft. They almost won, so everything on Arena. Almost everything. They did a <laughs> in-person eight-man draft or eight-player draft. Did either of you guys watch any of the- like draft coverage that they did. I, I didn't no, actually I did watch not. any myself, but I've heard that it was apparently really well done. I, sh- I need to go back, but I didn't see it. Yeah, yeah I've been okay. meaning to, and I've yeah, I've heard that it's yeah, so been great. Not, like we mentioned on the last cast that they pre <coughs> they pre did the draft in paper and then ported their decks into Arena. Correct. Uh, which unfortunately for the guy that I picked, Andrea Mangucci. Meant that he ended up with a game loss. But I also anyway. picked Mangucci. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> was not Mangucci's weekend. No, but um, but anyway. uh, yeah. So apparently, what they did was when they would follow people because they did the draft the day before the matches were played, they could uh, like 
switch back to their their draft coverage to like look at and and you know they had they were able to look at okay well here's the whole table and we know what everybody drafted on this whole table so we can actually break down how people ended up with what they what decks they're on and all that sort of stuff which is something that they just they really struggle to do in normal like PT type things where they have like a live draft and then just live play and that sort of thing. So I haven't watched the coverage myself, but from what I've heard, it, it was very good. Still not enough to get me to watch draft. It's just it's yeah. so boring to watch. <laughs> so tangent time. Ta-da. Um, so if you've never done a timed draft at a high level event, like at a GP or nationals or, or anything like that, um, it is so enjoyable as the person involved, right? Like, the process, the time restrictions, the the officialness of it all, I, I love it, right? And and the, the few occasions I've had the opportunity to do it have been really memorable, but as far as the spectator sport's concerned, oh, my goodness, like, snore me a river, right? I'd rather watch the tennis or golf, <laughs> right? <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, if they're doing anything to improve that, uh, because there's been, like, a push, like a community push to remove draft from the high-level events. Which they're Ooh, actually they doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Temporarily. Which is, which is really unfortunate because, like, the limited play, like, playing limited, drafting a format and, um, and and building your deck on the spot and then playing that deck that you've literally never played before yeah. um, is, is a real skill and it rewards pe- people that have really put in that time and effort. You can break a, a standard meta game but to be able to break a standard meta game and a draft meta game is kind of the recipe to uh, doing really well at a pro tour. Like the people that top eight pro tours generally six zero draft, and that's you know people go, oh, what standard deck did they play? And they de- they delve right into it, and but without them that player six zeroing a draft, then they wouldn't have ever made top eight, right? So it's something that's undervalued a bit, I think, and tangent. Yeah, we, we will discuss that uh, at another point, probably heading closer to the next PT. But, yeah, they, they do have, have announced that some of the PTs coming up will be, like, modern and standard. and So, they're, they're still split formats, but, yeah, they're trialling, I guess, uh, a few without um, without drafts. So, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Hmm. But back back onto this topic. Hmm. Well, onto, onto this I did say N-Tangent, forward slash N-Tangent, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I don't know how much of the coverage you guys watched over the weekend. I, I watched, either watched or listened to basically all of the first couple of days. Unfortunately for us in Australia, when they're for events held in America that are the finals and whatever are played on the Sunday, that's during the day on the Monday for us. So, while we're at work and that works for some of us if, if we're sitting in an office and you can, you know, have a stream going up. But for me, most of the time I'm out on the road, out on site doing stuff. So, unfortunately, I tend to miss a lot of the uh, the finals. But I, I did end up – so, on the Saturday Saturday and Sunday for us, I either watched or listened to pretty much all the coverage except for the draft portions. And then, um, yeah, I've watched some of the replays on the finals. But I don't know how much you guys watched. What I found was my work has throttled – um, the bandwidth on Twitch, so I could <laughs> I could watch it uh, whilst I was at my desk. I thought th- you know someone who works in IT that might be able to. Uh, see, I've, I've stepped away from <laughs> IT proper into my new role, and every time there's like a um, an access audit, I lose access to something. Um, so yeah, it's uh, 
it's it's a bit frustrating, but yeah. So I could watch it, but it was in like three sixty p. So it was hard that's, to that's see. That's about all I get to watch it when I'm at home with my quality internet. <laughs> Welcome to Australia's I internet. I it's yeah. just a blur. I just I'm just listening to the commentators mostly, <laughs> which is basically what I was doing. I just had my headphones yeah. on while I was, you know. Um, inverted commas you know writing a procedure document and (laughs) (laughs) so i got a bunch of it which was really good but uh, the majority of it was um watching the replays on youtube in the like following days for for myself yeah i was pretty impressed like they they did a few things with this event that they haven't done on the previous like even the the mythic invitationals and things like that and like the the event itself was run really well like they had the like outdoor broadcaster desk like <laughs> you would poor have people <laughs> yeah, except it was <laughs> crazy windy in hawaii apparently um but like that was cool like it was just like oh you're in hawaii like you're literally sitting outside in some sweet gardens or whatever they had the the integration on arena so like in the couple of weeks leading up to the event as soon as you logged into arena the first like splash screen thing that you see was various people f- that were playing in the world championships and, you know, click here to read more and all that sort of stuff. So those hype lot, trailers lot through that. were really yeah, the good. The hype trailers were awesome, which we With- mentioned the last time. <laughs> yeah. Um, they had the the event running the whole weekend, which I know I played a little bit of. I don't know if you guys did where you could play any of the 16 competitors decks for the whole weekend for free. Yeah, I played a little bit. That, yeah, which is which is awesome. That was epic, by the way. Like that really, like, like changing the avatar to the person's face and playing the playing the deck. You know, like here's a tier one standard deck. You know, built by one of the best teams, piloted by one of the best players in the world, and like a way to like building star power, right? But yeah. also just the opportunity to just play those decks alongside the. Um, the stream, like, you know, you have a stream up on one, like, oh, PV's playing blue-white. Oh, I'll play some blue-white. And... <laughs> I'll, I'll play as PV. <laughs> yeah. And, and clearly, yeah, what it was is an illustration of why, why he's at Worlds and I'm not. <laughs> I was going to say, why, why can't I play like PV? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I think that was a brilliant idea and something I really hope that um, the, the folks over at Arena do. So some things they got really right in having the um having the event running parallel with the decks what one thing they did get wrong was stopping the theros beyond death drafts on you know mid coverage um that was frustrating um it's like oh here's this sweet format that everybody loves and i uh will take it off you but whatever um they'll get that right the next time i'm sure but uh really loved that event the arena integration was like next level it was um something that uh, really showed that Arena is part of a, um, you know, part of the Magic landscape now. Like, it's more than just a, a flashy gimmick. It is that it is now how we play Magic, and I'm okay with that. So, yeah, it was really good. Yeah, they crushed it. Um, so, it was, was interesting that, you know, there are a few things that they will definitely change, um, but I like the fact that they are trying things. You know, it's not just the same worlds that we've seen year in, year out with, you know, just a bunch of different <clears throat> draft and things like that and just a single elimination tournament. So, it was, was cool that they were mixing it up. Um, we should probably talk about some of the other players. We've mentioned Paulo Vidal D'Amato who won with his Azorius Control, um, but he beat in 
a pretty great finals set mm, um, yeah, against good. Marcio Carvalho. Um, Carvalho. Carvalho, sorry. You got to miss wrong syllable there, man. Yeah, wrong, wrong <laughs> emphasis. <laughs> yeah. um, he was playing Jeskai Fires. Um, and then Seth Manfield was in third with Mono Red Agro. Um, Gabe Nassif was in fourth with Jeskai Fires. And then in surprised eighth, to see eighth, Gabe Nassif eighth, not eighth, playing eighth. Uh, Control. Yeah, everyone was surprised to see Gabe Nassif <laughs> not playing truth, Control. Man. It's, it's pretty hilarious that he played Robber of the Rich, which lets you draw cards when you have less cards in hand than your <laughs> opponent. And Gabe has never had less cards in hand than his opponent. So, yeah. uh, he, he, for, for those who don't know, he's in the Magic Hall of Fame. He is a renowned blue-white control player. Um, the slower, the dirtier, the more he likes it. So, um, yeah, was was sweet to see him. Some of these guys who have been around for, for a long time doing really, really well in these um, top-level events. So, pretty sweet. Uh, and then rounding out the rest of the top eight was Eli Loveman on Monterey Agro, Sebastian Pozzo on Monterey Agro, Autumn Burchett on Team of Reclamation, and Jean-Emmanuel Depra on uh, Team of Reclamation as well. He so- may have the best name to say. Out of anybody in the, <laughs> in the tournament, like there's Paulo, pretty, Paulo Vidal Domodorosa is 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 pretty good, but uh, Depra, it's pretty great. Anyway, <laughs> intangent <laughs> hashtag oh intangent. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, very very good event. Uh, if if you haven't watched, if you didn't get to watch any of it, definitely go back on uh, Magic's Twitch channel. You'll find the coverage from that, or probably on the YouTube as well. But yeah, even if you just watch the finals between uh, Marcio and, and PV, very, very good. Uh, yeah, very, very good games. Very close without, uh, well, I mean, <laughs> you can't really say not going to give out any spoilers seeing as we just told you who won, but very good games, very close games, went went for a long time and, and yeah, very high-level play that's well beyond <laughs> my capabilities as a Magic player. That's Can we that's spend the sure. next hour uh, discussing... Marcio's keep in the last game? No, we cannot. <laughs> what we can talk about very quickly is the fact that the top eight was best of three matches. So yeah, they really yeah, they really cool. stretched it out. I really liked that because mm. it meant that, like, the idea with best of three, normally is you get, you know, two sideboarded games and hopefully you kind of get the play and draw mixed up um, and not mixed up as in incorrect, but, like, changing backwards and forwards between the players. <laughs> uh, and it gives you the chance to not just lose to variance. And Wizards really stepped it up by saying, look, for the amount of money we're playing for and for the fact that this is the world championship, we're going to make it best of three matches. So, some of these people were playing, like, nine games against each other. In fact, a lot of them went to, like, game three of match three. So, yeah. if, if you have the time to sync... You're looking for something to do. Highly recommend all of the top eight. Um, everything I saw in there was just, just super, super good play. And like the commentary was really good. Arena is very pretty to look at. You know, regardless of whether you love it or not, it's it's pretty, right? It's flashy and it looks good. Um, and yeah, they just it was really good. But definitely, if you don't have time for all of the top eight because it's like eight hours of magic or something like that, definitely, um, definitely, definitely check out the finals. Mm. Speaking of uh, really good-looking arena events. Oh, I thought you were going to say really good-looking. I was like, oh, thanks, mate. He's talking about me again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone on this podcast fits <laughs> into that category. <laughs> there's, a, there's a reason we do, like, podcasts not... Yeah, we do like, audio. <laughs> yeah, audio only. Yeah. Says the man who puts his face on YouTube. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I am the best looking of the beans, so, you know, someone has to do it. Yeah. So. Let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. nothing like watching a balding middle-aged man who's yeah. bad at magic. Yeah. It's good. So, DreamHack was a vent. Yeah. yeah. So, dream, DreamHack. So, I'd, I'd never heard of DreamHack before. I have through Counter-Strike. Uh, they've been okay. around for a little while. Um, yeah. They've done a bit of esports, but I, like, uh, they're kind of like a mid-tier size um, esports um so it's, it's, it's like a convention or something like that because obviously there was other, there's other sports going on at the same time or other esports going on at the same time as yeah. the event was run as, as far massive as I can in, tell. Massive in Europe. Um, so yeah, okay. um, for those in Australia, if you think about um, Rod Laver Arena or um, Festival Hall in Sydney, like those, those big concert events um, – DreamHack will run like a League of Legends or a Dota or a Counter-Strike tournament that will pack those out, like 30,000 people. Um, like it's a, it's a big deal. Uh, and they've dipped their toe in the magic world. Mm. Um, so this, I, this event was this weekend, just, just gone, so almost a week ago now. Uh, and, yeah, it's basically um, bring your own laptop and come and play in, in an event. So there w- there's other were other events running, yeah, like Chewie said for Dota and League of Legends, all that sort of stuff, which I have no idea about. Uh, but yeah, they ran uh, in conjunction with Wizards. They ran a arena tournament, and this was the first open arena tournament that's been run effectively, like a, a, a big live one uh, with a hundred thousand dollar prize pool, which is <laughs> pretty <laughs> pretty big. They must have had. Hundreds. It must have been like bigger than a GP, right? How many people? <laughs> well, you, you would think so, but uh, unfortunately, no. So apparently, there was a bit of confusion with like the ticketing and things like that. And one style of ticket sold out, and so people thought, "Oh, the event sold out, and I can't go." And that wasn't the case at all. There was just obviously a bunch of miscommunication, and you know, I guess it's the first time they've run an arena event and and whatever. And so they only ended up with 94 players, I think it was, in, in the end, which is not very many people for a $100,000 prize pool. That's pretty good so, EV, man. <laughs> yeah. Can't complain about that. But, yeah, they, they ran the event over the weekend. They had commentators. They had Martin User and Riley Knight and Maria um, commentating. And, yeah, they, they did a really good job. It was, it was pretty cool. I didn't get to watch much of the coverage, but I have since been back through and watched a fair bit of the top 16 that they ran yeah i've I've watched a bunch over the weekend and it was it was great it felt like gp coverage um like after watching worlds and the the sort of the polish that we had on on that broadcast which was the best we've ever seen it was a bit of a step back um but when you look at it in that context but when you look at it in the context of magic broadcasting Historically, uh, it, it, it was it was quite it's not good. hard to be better. No, that's right. So I mean, yeah. the they used the same arena um, viewer um, setup that they have, where you could, yeah. um, you know, see sort of see one and a half screens, and, and yep. yeah, it, the whatever technology they were using there um, was used, and you know, Riley and Maria were really familiar, and um, Martin gave you know, you know, he's in the MPL, like he's. He's awesome. Um, he's um, one of those uh, one of those players that offers those insights that you just don't see. You're like, oh yeah, this is the right play, and he'll go, no, I think this is the right play, and this is why. And um, he was able to, yeah, 
again, it's an illustration of why he's in the MPL and I'm not. <laughs> but, you know, um, but having having that as a commentator is great. Like you get your personalities, like your Marias and your your Riley Knights, and it's a uh, they're entertaining. But then someone who's able to be entertaining, like Martin is, um, but as good as Martin is. Um, so yeah, it's. Uh, it was really enjoyable. I learned a lot just by watching it. So if you've not watched any of the coverage, um, great gameplay, decent coverage, and you'll learn a lot from um, listening to Martin. Mm. So the, the story it. of the weekend was a guy by the name of Aaron Gertler who won the event playing Teamer Clover or, or Teamer Adventures. And this is a deck that's been around for ages. Like you, you look at the card list and it's, 99% of it is stuff from Throne of Eldraine. Absolutely. Uh, there's, there's like a couple of random sideboard cards that it's picked up from, from the new sets, but it's a deck that's been around for ages. And I, I think when it sort of came to prominence or when it was sort of coming out previously, like, you know, three, six months ago, that sort of thing, there were other decks that were over the top. You know, we had Oko that would, you know, turn your clover into, into an elk. And yeah, it just wasn't the right time for it. I'm actually holding a Lucky Clover in my hand at the moment, so I might read it out just for those who might not know what it is. It's an yep. uncommon from Throne of Eldraine, and it is uh, two mana for an artifact, and it says whenever you cast an adventure, instant, or sorcery spell, copy it. You may choose new targets for the copy. So if you cast Beanstalk Giant, you get two lands. If you cast, well, whatever the, the adventure stomp. side. Stomp. Stomp on... Um, on the Bone Crusher Giant, you do two damage to two different targets. So, uh, if you like value, um, <laughs> this deck is all value, <laughs> just bulk value, uh, and yeah. it plays the um, the Fave Wishes with the like yeah, I think with the Wish sideboard, thirteen and... unique cards in the sideboard or something. Yeah, so uh, almost all of your cards. So you you have the Edgewall Innkeeper that triggers when you when you cast the creature that has an adventure. You get to draw a card, so you're getting your drawing card, getting card advantage there. When you cast cards, when you cast the adventure side of it, uh, and you've got the clover, you're doubling it up or tripling or quadrupling, depending on how many clovers you've got. The spell, so your the adventure cards you already get it effectively a two for one. You've got two spells from the one card, and then you're adding extra card draw, you're adding extra doubling up and tripling up and that sort of stuff from your clovers and your actual innkeeper. It's just all value. <laughs> uh, and I've been playing this deck a little bit on Arena this week, as has almost everybody else on Arena. And for one, it's extremely complicated, uh, but it just goes and goes and goes and goes forever. And then often you win by just flinging a, uh, a you know, 11-11 Beanstalk Giant at, at your opponent. But it has a lot of answers to what's going on at the moment. And it's a, yeah, it's a pretty powerful deck. And I think it just happened to be that this is the right sort of metagame for for that dip, uh, deck to be powerful. so from, from watching the coverage, I think the deck has a really good matchup against blue-white control because you yep. can get your clover down um, underneath their counter magic. Yep. And it is, uh, it's a cast trigger. So even if they counter your beanstalk giant... Yeah, um, yeah you still it, get you the copy. You still get the copy. So it, it effectively prevents them from countering your spells. So, and... and you kind of get your cake and eat it too when with Edgewall Innkeeper and Lucky Clover. So you get value on the on the way in and on the way out. So mm. it's um, it's incredibly good. And there's 
um, there's so many good cards like Brazen Borrower and um, the Bone Crusher Giant and the the Beanstalk Giant. Like it's such a good like they're just good cards. And then like the, I guess decks like this historically aren't good unless the cards themselves in a vacuum without Lucky Clover are good. And they're all just good magic cards. Like Beanstalk Giant won a PT. Um, Brazen Borrower, one of the best cards out of Throne of Eldraine. Um, Bone Crusher Giant was in two of the top four decks at Worlds. Like these are good magic cards. And then you're just leveling them up further by adding Lucky Clover. Like great deck. But it feels to me, someone who's played a whole two matches with the deck, <laughs> um, it feels like a deck that really rewards you for knowing the deck and the matchup and, um, you know, knowing the, the right plays to make at the time. So um, if you're interested, I suggest jumping in and, and playing the deck. You'll probably, you may go backwards before you go forwards, but when you go forwards, you'll probably go forward a long way. So I really like the deck. So the dude who won the tournament, is mythic number one on arena basically um, has and, been for quite and a while has been for quite a while solely on this deck so the yeah. dude has been playing it basically non-stop for like two or three months now and is regularly floating around in the top three mythic number one two three kind of thing the dude he beat in the tournament was mythic number two in arena at the time so you know like the dudes are good um not, not what you call scrubs no, no, not not at all. Not hanging around uh, in gold like the rest of us. Hey, now. <laughs> Who's in gold? Who's in gold? <laughs> uh, anyway, so... You just segues again. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the deck rewards reps. I, I yes. think is, it, it, is, it, is not, hmm, it, it is not fundamentally powerful, I would say. I think that it has a lot of answers and rewards a high level of play skill and understanding the matchups. Um, so, it, I, I don't know. If you think you're just going to like pick it up and do well, I've got some news for you. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, it's the, uh, the guy, unlikely to happen. The guy that won, I, I've watched some of his stream. He streamed, uh, I think it might have been split over two days or something like that, but he went something like 38-2 and two with that deck. And yeah, that's, he's that's also- playing in Mythic. Like, he's playing mm-hmm. against MPL players and, like, super high-level players, and he went 38-2 and two with the deck, which yeah. is phenomenal. Wow. He's also got, in, in that, um, he, he posted some um, screenshots of his stats and stuff, and uh, he's played over, like, 45 hours of just that deck. Yeah. yeah. In, in, like, some ridiculously small window of time. So, yeah. the dude is dedicated to it and... He won a hundred grand. Yeah, no, <laughs> so he, did, like, well, he didn't, didn't win a hundred grand. So it's, it was thirty grand for for first prize. Oh, it was a hundred grand. Oh, well, whatever. And he actually, so, uh, okay. like, like good on him. He did. He, yeah. he donated half of his winnings, so fifteen grand to a charity. And I heard today what the charity was, but I've completely forgotten it now. But uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Like, you know, good yeah, on him. Sweet. That's, I've, I've that's won this brilliant. tournament. I won thirty grand straight up. I'm donating half of that to to a charity. So well done to him. Uh, and he's he's certainly got a few more Twitter Twitter followers and Twitch followers and all that sort of stuff from the weekend. So good on him. But uh, while we're talking about cool online arena tournaments, smashing the segways again, <laughs> our league 
do not forget our league. So our, our league, I'll mention it now and we'll mention it again at the end of the podcast. We are running a free-to-enter league on Arena through our Discord. So what can I win? What can I win? You can you can win some sweet, sweet boosters, not 30 you grand. You can't win anything, Chewie. <laughs> yeah, actually, you can't win anything. <laughs> you can't win allowed to. Some you're allowed to make up the numbers, but you're not allowed to win, even if you win. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, we're, we're kicking off on the 2nd of March. Uh, I'm just waiting for people to finish jumping into our Discord and uh, putting their hand up to say that they want to join us. We'll put a link to the Discord in the yep, show notes. that'll be in the show notes. It will always be in our show notes from now on and is on our Twitter profile and Facebook as well. So, jump in our Discord. It's a great place to have a chat to us. Um, you know, we're starting to build a good community there. You can ask us any questions you want and just... You know, jump in and, and have a good time, have a chat. But yeah, if you want to do- join the league, free to enter. There will be boosters as prizes, and it's going to be run through our Discord. There will not be a hundred grand prize pool. You will not win thirty grand, but you will have fun, and you will likely get to beat all of us <laughs> on Arena. <laughs> and I, I just put a, a note in the in the Discord channel for it tonight that I will um, stream, if not. If not stream, I'll at least record every match that I play. So you'll be able to go back and watch yourself crushing me, um, you know, every time you want. If you're having a bad day, be like, oh, I might just look up YouTube and uh, remember that time I beat Chewy and I'm like, I'll feel good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so uh, that'll be that'll be a bit of fun. So hopefully um, hopefully we get some, some good numbers. There'll be some boosted prizes. And, yeah, it should be just some fun, right? Like, yeah. let's just have some fun playing Magic. Exactly. All right. So the other thing we've got coming up, we've mentioned on a few other casts, is the Good Games Premier Series event. So there's the the two uh, PTQs that are being held in Melbourne on the weekend of March seventh and eighth, alongside you know a few side events and things like that. So this is something we've been looking forward to as as a few of us on the podcast are intending on going. But this is a, a chance to an, another chance to qualify for the players tour. So uh, the Saturday is standard and the Sunday modern. It is $60 entry, but you can get it for $55. Uh, that's per event. You can get it $55 if you pre-register and all the details for all that are on their Facebook event. So go and find that. But yeah, I think uh, both myself and Chewy, we're both planning on playing on the Saturday. I don't know if any of the other guys are actually going to make it and none of us will be there on the Sunday. So we thought we'd have a bit of a chat about standard. A lot of what we've already spoken about tonight is uh, things related to the standard format. But you know, what are what are we looking at playing? What's how's the meta looking at the moment? All that sort of stuff. So, Chewie, I know you've been playing a lot of standard at the moment with uh, with what you've been playing on Arena. I think you're pretty much locked into your deck. But how are you finding the meta at the moment? And what are you thinking of playing? Um. So I've kind of started playing a lot more arena (laughs) um like i've been making time for it and um i keep coming back to jeskai fires and um you've been playing that deck for ages a really long time like i started out playing like planeswalkers and and then uh the czech cavalry um which is like the martin user um uh Andre Strasky. Andre Strasky, sorry, name escaped me for a second. Um, <laughs> playing the Cavalier, um, the the red and the blue Cavalier, and shout out to um, Child Rebel Walker from our Discord who uh, hooked me up with the list, 
and I in really short succession like I started in I think gold three and like a week later I was in platinum two uh, with with a uh, a list and for anybody who's playing um, Jeskai fives I've got one word of advice and that one word is really simple Oketra. I'll leave it at that. If you if you don't have a catcher in your deck, you probably built your deck wrong. Uh, it's it's the truth. Um, so I'll be playing Jeskai Fires. Uh, I'm tuning my list at the moment. Um, I'm I'm playing a lot of uh, a lot of games, and I've kind of kind of hit my ceiling in mid platinums. And I but the deck is so good. It's so powerful. Um, it's it can be built to have sideboards against most strategies. So I'm 100% locked into playing Fires. Um, I've got a bunch of cards off Shorty at Cracker's Birthday uh, combined with a bunch of my cards in these lovely pink Dragon Shields. Um, Chris, just need a few more. Hook us up. And, um, yeah, the deck is... Um, I, you'd say it's probably one of the pillars of the format, right? Uh, in Fires Invention. Yeah. And, you know, two of the top four decks at Worlds um, is a, um, you know, a good indication that the deck's probably fairly well positioned. It's kind of fallen in and out of favour, but I've been playing it fairly consistently and it's it's just powerful, right? Uh, I think it suits my gameplay where it's like, I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to do what I can to execute my game plan and hope that that's more powerful than the thing that you're doing and often it is and then having a, a plan so cracker you were with me on the stream earlier this week and yeah we identified that at your birthday that the simic deck was a bad matchup because it just went over the top so we have yeah. a sideboard plan of getting underneath it so we, we, uh, yeah also you're welcome for oketra yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> I did, I did give you a shout out for that on the on the stream. Check us out on Twitch at, at Magic Beans Cast. Um, shameless plug. Um, and I, I tried one. I essentially I got the two blue cavalier that I was playing. I was playing, and I replaced them with uh, one Aketra, or God Eternal Aketra, and one um, Elspeth Conquers Death. And it's awesome. I'm pretty sure I'm going to move the Elspeth Conquer Seth to the sideboard and just play to a Ketra in the main uh, because it's really that good. Um, so uh, one of the games that I played on the stream, uh, you can go back and check it out um, and give us a give us a follow as well while you're there. Um, it was turn five. I had a fires in play on turn four, uh, and I went a Ketra and then uh, Kenrith. So casting the Kenrith gave me the 4-4 and I then was able to give the team haste and bash and I, oh, was it? No, sorry, I'm, it wasn't a Kenrith, it was a Cavalier. It was an empty board and my opponent was on 22 life but I swung for 24 and I went, yep, yeah, a Ketra's a real, I'm a, I'm, <laughs> I'm a keeper. So um, I'm going to play that. So... Uh, I could talk about Jeskai Fires all day. It's a kind of a known quantity. It's a deck I'm really excited about. Um, before the cast, Shorty and I were talking about um, some sideboard choices. And you'll you'll be happy to know, Shorty, that in the sleeves at the moment, in these pink dragon sleeves, dragon shield sleeves, are two copies of Ashiok in my sideboard. So uh, that's how it's sitting at the moment. Um, 
because yeah, I'm when I'm losing, it's generally to an escaped Uro, so um, that seems like a good card against that. And um, that, that tends to happen when when people are escaping Uro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they win. <laughs> it's quite, yeah. quite a powerful card. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's a good magic card, um, but. You seem pretty passionate about Team of Clover, Shorty. <laughs> when you were talking about just before, am I am I picking up a Team of Clover vibe from you? I've uh, I've definitely, like I said, I've definitely been playing some Team of Clover. Like as soon as I saw the deck, it was like, oh, I, I I really like the look of this deck. This looks like a lot of fun. So I jumped on Arena and spent some some wild cards on the, the cards that I didn't have, and yeah, gave it a crack. And like we sort of said before, it's it can grind a really long time. You've just got so much card advantage just with doubling up on all your spells, but you really need to know what you're doing and you need sure. to have a plan. So you're not playing sure, it then? Sure, shorty. Yes. Don't do not do it. <laughs> no. Play, um, play John Cat. Yeah. So play, play your cats in your ovens. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because you played uh, Tron in the modern PGQ and ended up in a draw bracket because you got yeah. paired against blue-white control. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wow, wait a minute. Wow, to bring that one up. No, we had a draw because, you know, your opponent was slow, right? Like, not, 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 like, own, that's what, that's the excuse I'd be giving. But, um, <laughs> so, um, I guess if you're not 100% confident that you know Team of Clover well enough, my recommendation would be not to take it to this event, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. We all agree on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I've, I've pl- like I said, I've played a fair bit of it, and the basics of it, I, I can play easy. Uh, and I think I've played enough of it to get like that, you know, first level of okay. The, these are some of the lines you can take. This is how you can win those those games where you you look like you're losing. And um, you know, when you play Moto Red, you you want to cast your uh, Fave Wishes, just just hard cast them on turn two, just as blockers and things like that. So you you learn those sorts of things pretty quickly. But it's, yeah, it's it's finding those really complicated lines where it's like, okay, I'm really up against the wall. I need to plan my next two turns out so that I can win before they kill me. Uh, and that's doable. I, I, know, I know I definitely have the ability to be able to do that, but I'm not. Like, between now and then, I'm just not going to have enough time to, to get in enough reps. Whereas, yeah, a deck like Jund Cat, which... Uh, I think is actually quite well positioned at the moment and, and it's actually got a favourable Team of Clover matchup. I've put in so many reps <laughs> into, into that deck. So I think you'll be able to punish a bunch of people who are going, oh, this is the new hotness. Yeah, yeah. Well, I should play this and, and pick it up. And, and you just know, I mean, we, we at my birthday, we played a bunch of that and, oh, man, that deck. <laughs> I, I do not enjoy playing against that deck. <laughs> It's just, it's sense of inevitability, and and you play it really well. You know, you've you've just played it a lot, yeah. so it's um, yeah, it's you, you understand all the lines and sequencing and stuff. So I think that that is probably an excellent choice. And then it's just a matter of like, you know, going all right. Well, what does my main deck need to look like? Yeah, you know, a- am I on Massacre Girls or am I on Corvolds or do I need some on the sideboard? What are we expecting? Yep. You know, people to bring and and deciding your sideboard. So that's the sort of like thing that. with that deck. Like you've got. You've got your core of your deck, you know, you've got your, your cats and your cats, ovens, trail of crumbs, uh, mayhem devils, gilded goose, like that's sort of your core of your deck. And then you've got, and you basically always play like 25 lands. 
and then you've got a bunch of flex slots where you know you can play Midnight Reapers, you can play Corvall, Paradise Druids. Yeah, some people playing Paradise Druids. Yeah, you can play various Planeswalkers. What's the discard spell called again? Massacre Girl. Uh, yeah, Ag- Agonizing Remorse. Mm. Yeah, how many main deck Brontodons do you play? All that sort of thing. Zero. So- Zero <laughs> says the discard fire spell. Four. Four. <laughs> So yeah, I'm sort of. I watched a bit of uh, Martin User's streams. We were sort of talking about him before, but Cracker posted in our Discord last night that User was streaming Jund Cat. So I, I watched yeah. some of that. He's really good. <laughs> the dude can play magic. It was, yeah, yeah, it was interesting watching because he obviously hasn't played a ton of Jund Cat because he yeah. like I was picking up th- on things and he would often he would do stuff and then go, ah, oh, I probably shouldn't have done that, and that's the stuff that comes with experience, but. It was good just listening to him talk through what he thought the metagame was and, and, you know, what cards were good and what cards weren't good and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, like cards like Massacre Girl, they're really good against Mono Red um, or can, can be good against Mono Red because uh, it can it can wipe, you know, wipe the board when you've got an Annex and, or when they've got an Annex and it, it's going to kill the tokens that it creates as well just with the way the triggers all stack. Oh, does that work, does it? Yeah, because yeah, it's just if Annex dies, then it gets another trigger, yeah, so it'll if, just kill if, all the tokens. Every, every creature that dies creates a trigger. So as a creature dies, a trigger happens, and then the Annex trigger happens, so it creates a dude, and then the Massacre Girl trigger resolves, and then they, those guys die, and, and so it just continues down the chain. So you basically completely wipe the board, and they get left with nothing, and you're left with a, with a Massacre Girl that they can't really deal with anymore. Yeah, because they only go up to Torbrand, which is four toughness. Yeah. So, if you kill an Annex into Torbrand, then, like, the the trigger from the um, other dude will kill it. So. Yeah, so, it's good, good in that matchup. It's good against, like, Simic Ramp because uh, it's pretty easy to, to get it so that you're wiping out all their lands and any, you know, little dudes that they've got. But it's not really good against anything else. There's nothing else in the format where it's good against. So, it used to be that you would play, you know, one to two of them in the main deck, sometimes even three, and now I think it's just a sideboard card. So then that opens up a couple of slots where you can play something else, maybe like Midnight Reaper. So you're getting a bit more card advantage. What about Casualties of War? So no, Casualties don't play War that card. Is, is the other no, one don't, where don't play it. Leave those at home, people. <laughs> Should we block your ears? Casualties of War is a beating against yeah. a bunch of decks. It's so good against me. Yeah, so ca- up lands, Casualties of War is good because it, it also hits <laughs> Team of Clover at the moment. Um, yeah. You know, it's good against, or can be good against. Blue white control because you, you get to hit a planeswalker and an enchantment and the land and and probably a creature as well. So, and a blue white control player because of the nature of Jun Cat, where you actually don't cast a lot of spells, you have a lot of triggers, but you're not casting that many spells. Yeah, yeah. Um, they should be boarding out their um their yeah, board absorbs. Out a lot of their counters. Yeah. So you know you can hit their um you can hit a land, you can hit their Elspeth conquers death, you can hit their you know um the Enchantment flyer guy, whatever he's called, the four mana guy. Yeah, the um, <clears throat> Yeah, so I, I think it's um, it's probably a quite well positioned deck. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think it will be. So I think that's what I'll go with. I was considering mono red for for a little bit, um, just because it's it's always old faithful mono red. Just get in there and smash people. But believe the cleave. <laughs> <laughs> that's but still just a, it's sounds like, like a chewy joke, by the way. Yeah. Kind of, kind of, yeah. It, <laughs> But there might it's just be clover all over. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, everybody. Look, there if you have joined be- our Discord, um, please don't leave. 
<laughs> there needs to be a deck that plays um, Lotus Field and um, the Lucky Clover, so we can have like the Clover Field paradox, like the Netflix series. Yeah. Oh, we'll edit that. Uh, what, what, okay. what were you saying, Cracker? <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that's good about Mono Red is. It's really proactive. No, yeah. no it's just um, uh, it's it's still a really strong choice. Yeah. Um, the the combination of cards like Annex, um, Torbrand, and Embercleave are all incredibly strong. Um, particularly if you can put them all together at once. Um, don't know if it's like top of the meta at the moment, but it's certainly tier one five. You would say tier one. So if that's what you want to do, I, I would expect you'll see a lot of that, boys. I expect you'll run into a bunch of mono red because there's the you know, misconception that it's easy to play. And I mean, it's cheap relatively yeah. compared to a lot of the other decks. You don't have to have expensive mana bases. You don't need, you know, shock lands or, um, your favorable passages and things like that. M- so most of the cards are old anyhow as well. Like it's really, that's it's only true. annex from the, the newest set. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Everything you just said is a big part of me making the decision to play Jeskai fires. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I, I'll be interested to see how you do. I hope you both do really well. I yeah. think you've um, both got plenty of experience, so you can't be going, oh, I just grabbed a deck <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. Play. So, so, uh, oh, that's my usual we- excuse. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah. So, when Chewie arrived at my birthday, right, first thing he did, he's like, oh, sorry, man, I'm a bit crook, so if I don't play very well. It's just like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> he just crushes the draft. <laughs> he, hasn't even put, he hasn't even put his cards down, and he's yeah. already making excuses. <laughs> I was feeling pretty crook. Yeah. So the other the other decks, big decks at the moment in standard. So like like sort of just sort of going through the top metagame breakdown. So mono red as as we've mentioned, Azorius Control, which after PV one Worlds that picked right up in in popularity, but it's a very hard deck again to play. Like just playing Control in general is is quite hard. Jeskai Fires, which Chewie's planning on playing, like mono red and Jeskai Fires are both they're two decks that when they have their their good draw, you just can't beat them. And you're kind of hoping when you're not playing those decks and you're playing against them that they all you need is just often that one turn where they stumble and then you you know you might have a chance if you've got a, a bit of a grindy deck. Jun food, which yeah, I'm I'm looking at playing, and then you sort of get into the other decks that you don't see as much of, but you generally at these sorts of events we're gonna see a bit of. So there's the red black, the Rakdos Aristocrats, which is very similar to the Jund Cat, just obviously missing the green. They do a lot more things like they steal your your guys with their claim the firstborn and then sacrifice them to your to the witch's oven. Team of Reclamation, I, d- I don't know what you guys think about Team of Reclamation, but I don't think it's a very good deck at the moment. It's um it's not not very oh, well positioned. When it wins, it wins so big, it yeah. looks completely insane. Like it explosions for you know forty, but it seems just uh it's not reactive enough like blue white control, no. and it's not. Uh, assertive enough for like anything else <laughs> so yeah. it seems like just a bad kind of middle range at the moment as someone who's playing a deck with four to fairy in their deck yeah yeah it's a um yeah interesting um interesting choice i i wouldn't recommend it yeah. Sorry, Chris. So, the, the other deck that we've uh, seen a little bit of on the ladder that we mentioned before is the Soltai Midrange deck. So, mm. uh, that's it's an interesting deck, actually. And I, I haven't, I've seen it like, in people's streams, but I haven't actually played against it myself. But it's, yeah, it's mostly 
like it, it's a mid-range like that's, that's yeah it's called it's, salt, it's, salt, it's, salt high mid-ranges planeswalkers hydro crisis euro that sort of stuff like it's it's just getting slow incremental it's, it's value. another nissa deck right but they're playing yeah. thought erasures and things like that and murderous riders to pick up a few points in other spots so yep. powerful engine um can go over the top of stuff but don't know yeah. how well it sits right now yeah um i keep losing to it so <laughs> um so hopefully either they're doing something deck. yeah um and I honestly like I'm I as I said I've got Ashiok um, Dream Render sleeved up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ready I mean, it, to. It, it is one one thing sort of against that deck is the like actual price of the deck for people playing in paper. Uh, oh yeah. Like look looking at this on on Goldfish US six hundred and thirty one bucks for this deck. Like it's one hundred and sixty two bucks for your Euros. Like ninety bucks in breeding pools. A is seventy five bucks in Fable Passages. Like it's it's an expensive deck, uh, so that can often deter people from just sort of picking it up and, and playing it. They don't don't all have access to a card mm. shop to borrow stuff from. <laughs> Hi, Chris. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's why you do tend to often see people just running their like mono reds and the cheaper decks that they can just pick up and go with. So I think that's standard. The other event or the the Sunday tournament that we'll be getting played is modern which we haven't really played a great deal of and we haven't seen much modern like we haven't had any major modern I've been playing events a bit. really what are you what are you been playing on on top eight of the, the Gathering last two online no top oh, eight yeah. of the last two modern events like I went a, to. that's a month ago that's ages ago come on that's man like let 10 me... years in magic terms <laughs> yeah, that's right <laughs> <laughs> the game changes every day there's been seven thousand new cards released <laughs> since you played modern come uh, on man I'm so what, I, what I'm seeing, I personally have not paid basically any attention to modern, uh, and yeah, haven't I haven't played it myself in ages. Uh, but I, as as has been mentioned previously on this cast, I do listen to a lot of podcasts. So from what I'm hearing, the big deck at the moment is Primeval Titan decks. So whether it's Amulet Titan or like Valakut style or whatever, but they're all playing that. What's it called? Elys- the Dryad of Elysian Grove? Yeah, the, the 2-4 guy. Two, yeah, the guy all that makes your all... lands into mountains yeah. is what it does. Yeah, so Primeval Titan is a extremely powerful card, uh, and it, you can put it in just about anything, and it's going to be super powerful. So there seems to be a few different variants of that getting around that are, yeah, extremely powerful. Uh, another deck I've seen floating around or heard of is... Demir Inverter. So the the scourge of the Pioneer format at the moment, Demir Inverter, has managed to make its way into into modern, which I think a few people kind of went, ah, oh, it's, it's not going to be any good in modern because it's, you know, you don't have dig through time. That's that's banned in modern. But what's been happening is people have basically been putting it in the ad nauseum shell of, uh, of style of decks, taking out their ad nauseums and playing Spoils of the Vault to draw their whole deck with a Phyrexian Unlife or Angel's Grace uh, and playing cards like Sheldock Isle where you can tuck your Thassa's Oracle under a Sheldock Isle and then Spoils of the Vault to get rid of your whole deck and then just cast your Thassa's Oracle from under your Sheldock Isle. So apparently it's pretty consistent and pretty powerful because you're still playing it in a, in a um, I think it's an S-bar shell so you still got all the blue black control sort of stuff uh, it sounds really exciting but i will i will say that the player on magic online who has been the trophy leader for the leagues 
the modern leagues for the last two seasons has been playing Eldrazi Tron. You're right. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and a number in the top 10. So, yeah. And, um, um, like, that's the thing with modern. Modern is it's just such a huge format that there's always a million decks. And you can. Yeah, it's not a four deck metagame like no, standard. And, and it's like, yeah. But even like we were saying just before with standard, like, the money factor is huge in modern. Like, if you're. Most of the podcasts that people listen to and the ones I listen to, they're US players that are either you know, MPL style level of players or they're regularly playing on the SCG tour and things like that. So they're playing every single so week. Just like us, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like us. Yeah, playing every <laughs> single week. Yeah. Really, yeah. really good players. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But they're people that are hugely invested, so they are chopping and changing their decks every week and they're playing for the metagame that is always changing. The level that we play at and the local tournaments that we play at, there there are those people that do that, but the bulk of people aren't and for a format like modern people stick to their deck because that's what they own and that's what they have access to so often you'll find if you have that best deck you will make your way through the unwashed masses <laughs> and then get into the top meta game and that's when you really want to have that that top deck uh, but you're still going to play some random stuff so or at least have a plan against the top deck right so yeah yeah if, if um, you know if you know like a prime time deck is the top deck you need to have a plan for playing against a primetime deck because you're going to see it at, at the event. And if, if you're planning on winning, you're definitely going to see it at the winner's table. So Absolutely. So, Cracker will back me up on this. Um, you need to have a choke in the sideboard of Tooth and Nail, right? <laughs> that, that really was just like the most beautiful thing. I was like, oh, bring in choke. And, uh, yeah, the dude cast the Dryad of Elysium and we into choke. We'd already cast it. Yeah. And so, he, he cast this, you know, 2-4 that then all his lands didn't untap and it was pretty easy from there. It was a beautiful thing. It so, was great. Yeah, check it, check it out on our YouTube channel. You haven't seen it before. So, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, so, the other the other sort of main decks that are getting around from modern, the Urza Thopter Sword. So, obviously, we had Mox Opal banned out of that deck. Um, but the, the deck is still well, it's sort of gone back to the Thopter Sword combo now, so that's still pretty prevalent. Devoted Druid combo, that deck's uh, seeing a lot of play. Like, you look at all these decks that I'm talking about here, they're all combo decks. That's that's just modern for you. The Devoted Druid decks have adopted Heliod for some of yeah, them as well. Yeah, They're just yeah. going walking Ballista Heliod combo because you can hit Heliod with Coco. Yeah. And that's what I lost to in the quarters of the WMPQ qualifier it was uh wasn't pretty i'll mm -hmm. be honest and um i i didn't have a really an effective sideboard plan against that particular deck so um it's a really powerful strategy and something that's yeah unexpected put two copies in the top eight including the eventual winner at the local so uh the uh the deck's got some juice mm. And the other deck, which I, I just heard about today, actually, which <laughs> is yet another combo deck, uh, using Underworld Breach. Again, I'm, I'm tipping this deck. That card's going to get banned eventually in yeah, modern as so. well. Grinding Station, the uh, the old classic from Fifth Dawn, <laughs> is rearing its head again uh, with, yeah, in combination with Underworld Breach. So, Grinding Station is, a, is an artifact, a two-mana artifact, where you can sacrifice another artifact and mill three cards. Uh, and then when an artifact comes into play, you can untap it again. So if you have Grinding Station in play and an Underworld Breach and then have a zero mana artifact like a Mishra's Bore Wool or a Mox Amber or something like that, you can 
literally just churn through your entire deck. You just mill mill your deck over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, I don't even know how the decks are winning, but I'm assuming Tharsis Oracle or something like that and win the game. So yet another combo deck. Uh, apparently, it, it can win on turn three, which <laughs> is just, it's just modern is getting crazy broken again. So... We'll see how that one goes, but I don't. I don't think that's yet to put up any uh, any tournament results. So, just something to keep an eye on. But yeah, if 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 you were to pl- be playing modern, what what would you guys be recommending? I know Chewy, uh, you, I assume you'd be recommending Eldrazi Tron. Uh, I would be, but by sounding out that deck that you just mentioned, I'd probably want something with um, uh, uh, some white sideboard cards to uh, some Stony <laughs> Silence and some, some Stony Silence. In pieces. Yeah. Seems, yeah, seems like a good card. Uh, but yeah, I I've uh, modern, especially in sort of a, an unknown local field. Um, Chalice on one is a really powerful strategy. So, uh, and that's you know that's worked for me in the past. So that's what I would um, I would sleeve up if we're playing a modern tournament tomorrow. Yep, Cracker, what do you reckon? Oh, living end for sure. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's just always living end. It. It's always living end. No, uh, prime times. Yeah, they just some, seem some sort of prime time strategy. Some some sort of uh, uh, yeah. The the idea of um, Primetime into Valakut yep. is just um, asking a lot of questions. You yep. attack from a lot of different angles, particularly when you, you can just slide fuel to the dead in there as well. And yeah. you just kind of grind. You grind against everything. Yep. So, I, I think those are, are, look, not my favorite kind of strategy. Not something I particularly want to play myself, but in terms of just raw power and making people respond to you. Pretty hard to go past. Yep. I think I think Chris would be in agreement with you. Um, he certainly loves casting prime times as well. He sure and, does. Uh, untapping his dual lands and <laughs> anything to do with lands. Hang on, isn't did you isn't know that Sim- Gorul Turf is better than Ancient Tomb? Yeah, it's like a, it's a better Ancient Tomb, <laughs> tomb right? Yeah. Wow. Yes. What about you, Shorty? What would you play? Uh, I personally, I would probably play Devoted Druid. I've played that deck in the past and enjoyed playing it. I, li- I like playing that deck. And if it's good in the metagame at the moment, I think I'd just sleeve that up. The the grinding station breach combo sounds like a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, that, I'm assuming that's also another deck where you really need to put the reps in to learn it. So I would, yeah, I'd likely run out the Devoted Druid. But I think you, you either want to be playing prime time getting all the value front that you get from prime time or playing a busted combo. Or Chalice on one. is good. Sorry. Because Chalice on oh. one beats it. Yeah, but no one's playing Chalice on one except for you. So <laughs> I wonder if Infect is actually good because if people are non-interactive, then that's yeah. Except the guy picks. who's a trophy leader on Magic Online, but you know. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, But fine. he doesn't anyway, play in so, Melbourne. So two people <laughs> are playing e-tron and- but th- n- what I mean is there's no one's on Jund, no one's on Jeskai. Yeah. Well, not no one, but I mean, as far as like the meta decks that people are talking about, um, I mean, if you've got a completely foiled out Jund deck, then of course you're going <laughs> to play what that. You're because that's all you own. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, you don't own a house or a car, but you own yeah, the Jund deck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this, this is when decks like Boggles and, you know, linear aggressive creature decks can um, can have a really good time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so. All right, so that's our recommendations. So, yeah, that's on the weekend of March 7th to 8th. So, yeah, Chewy and I will be in attendance on the Saturday the 7th. So, if you see us getting around in our Magic Beans T-shirts, come and say good day to us. Uh, there's a few people we've been interacting with uh, through Discord and on Twitter and stuff like that. That'd be good to actually meet in person. We're always up for a chat. Uh, and, yeah, we'll, we'll be letting you know how we go with that and hopefully, well, I was going to say both of us qualify for the PT, but that's impossible. So... Hopefully, I qualify. 
<laughs> if we make the finals, man, I'll concede you. Um, so, yeah. what what's the best way to practice for the um, for the thing on the seventh and eighth? Um, I would say probably some arena leagues. Yes, yes, some really oh, these segues, man. They're a, they're <laughs> rolled gold tonight. Rolled gold. Yes, the best <laughs> way to practice for uh, for the Saturday at uh, Melbourne Good Games Premier Series would be to join our Discord and join our Arena League. Well done, Chewy. Hard disagree because I don't think you're going to play against any meta decks, and Probably the players not. are all scrubs. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'd definitely be hitting up Arena. For Shout out to Ryan Cubit who signed up. But yeah, yeah. So, yeah, jump jump on our Discord, join our league starting on March the 2nd, so make sure you sign up for that. Uh, and, yeah, that's that's pretty much going to do us for tonight. Even if you don't want to um, join our Arena League, then you should still jump in our Discord. It's, uh, yeah, it's a great way to get in contact with us and a great way just to have a chat about all things magic. So, yeah, find the, the links on our Twitter or on our show notes. And, yeah, that'll do us for tonight. So, yeah, if you want to get in contact with us, you can do it in the usual ways. Send us an email. Uh, magicbeanscast at gmail.com find us on twitter or facebook at magicbeanscast or twitch channel yep look us up on twitch channel or youtube same thing it's all all magicbeanscast everywhere you go if you want to find me personally i am at peace inc chewy you are at chewy mtg and cracker at Joel Hill underscore. Very good. And that'll do us. So thank you again for listening. Hope to see you in our Discord channel and we will see you next time. Thank you.